Hey everybody and welcome to Twig32. Today we have a special guest with us, uh, Jeff Cohen. We also have Eric Kress, but unfortunately we don't have Mishka with us today who's out traveling. But uh, thought we could start with just a quick intro of Jeff. Jeff, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the company you work for? Yeah, for sure. First, uh, thanks for having me. It's it's an honor to be on the podcast. Uh, so I work at an investment bank called Stevens Inc. Uh, we're based in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, although I actually work at a New York office. Uh, so I've been covering the video games industry for about six months now. Um, you know, I cover the, the big video game stocks here in the U.S., Take-Two, Activision, uh, and EA, as well as Ubisoft over in Europe, and then the, the mobile guys, Zynga and Glue. Great. And so the articles that we're going to be covering today are going to be focused on um, uh, basically uh, first uh, this quarter's earnings. Uh, and the first article is, is called Zynga Inc. CEO Frank Jabot on Q1 2019 res results, earnings call transcript from Seeking Alpha. The second article is Can Activision Blizzard Stock Rally from Earnings Fueled Price Collapse? The third is Glue Mobile Earnings. Glue stock plummeted as Q1 sales gain 18%. And the fourth is just actually a, a recap of, of the earnings call uh, that Jeff will, will go over. So with that, maybe we could just go ahead and jump into the first article, Eric. Sure. Yeah. Just to be clear, this is basically earnings releases for all the major, all these publishers for uh, Q1. And so um, every quarter they're going to release these earnings and, and talk about their business. So it gives a good summary of where management is and where the companies are, generally speaking. So for Zynga, um, Zynga just had an amazing quarter, right? They just crushed it um, for for the current quarter. And then they raised guidance by about $100 million, I think, um, for the full year. Uh, so this was basically in line with what my expectations were, is I knew that things were going really well for both Empires and Puzzles and Merged Dragons, which was pretty much driven, drove their up 64% year over year. Um, the guide for Q2 was reasonably good, but really it was the uptick in full year guide from to $1.45 billion that really drove um, most of the upside with the stock after the earnings. Um, they basically said that they are increasing guidance uh, because of Empires and Puzzles and Merged Dragons primarily. Um, the stock, I think, was up about 11% since the print, but today is getting a little bit dicey these day, today. Um, and then the other thing that I was really worried about with this name is that they uh, the marketing spend was going to be huge, right? And so it basically exactly what I expected. It was like up 100% year over year, uh, their marketing spend. But it seemed that most of Wall Street has shrugged that off to some degree. Um, anyway, overall, very strong quarter, uh, good guide. Um, and I think the numbers are actually relatively easy to beat, uh, given how much product they have in the pipeline. Um, the only thing they f actually failed to mention is the Star Wars game, which I still am very, I don't have much faith, but uh, that they, they can pull this off. So they didn't really mention that at all on the call. You know, it's interesting, EA actually hasn't been mentioning their Star Wars mobile game in the last couple of calls. So, you know, that's, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Well, their, their mobile business is in tatters, yeah. but we can talk we'll, we'll about that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, you know, I can be very cynical in my old age, right? You know, I'm, I, I try to pick things apart, but I just really can't see any weakness here for Zynga. You know, they have so many levers to pull. I mean, they have the sequels from both Merged Dragons and Empires and Puzzles. Um and they have all this like internal stuff, you know, you have Farmville and you have 
these games that are all performing pretty well, their core portfolio. I mean, I guess in that sense that they're not growing their core portfolio all that much, but these new games for their acquisitions are going to be huge. Um, I guess the only potential risk that I see in talking with people is that they blow up their, um, that they basically blow up their current games by introducing spending mechanisms that either cause inflationary inflationary or just pisses off their spenders. I mean, that, you know, that's what happened with Machine Zone and Kabam with their strategy games. I mean, that's possible, but I think they take a very careful approach with their games, uh, both Merge Dragons and Empires and Puzzles, and that risk doesn't seem to be uh, really that big of a deal. Um, Overall, I continue to be very bullish on Zynga, um, and at least for the next two years, I really see actually, uh, you know, huge opportunities for growth for them. On a longer-term view, and the only reason I mentioned this is because this is, Frank mentioned it, is that they are definitely out of position for AAA, right? Um, and I think that the market is going to grow far more in AAA than mobile, particularly in the West and actually in the West. I, I'm not talking about China or Korea or whatever. You know, when you have all these AAA, you know, immersive experiences, streaming, new consoles, et cetera, uh, I think the next five to 10 years is really actually ideal for uh, AAA developers. And Zynga is just not a AAA developer. And building those type of teams and, and capitalizing on those type of opportunities is going to take quite a different approach and quite a bit of investment in terms of teams and process, et cetera, to be, uh, to be competitive. So from a longer term perspective, and, and again, Frank mentioned this on the call, that's the one concern I have. What do you think, JK? Cool. Yeah, I, 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 Pretty much agree. I the only thing I would say is you know um, I wouldn't count out Zynga on the AAA side. Uh, you know I'm not saying or implying anything. I'm just you know asking a question in terms of whether you know they could potentially enter that space. And for me personally, I, I don't follow Zynga too much. But the, the story historically, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, is that you know they've been great at live ops at uh, kind of a, uh, growing ex- existing franchises and, and good at M and A, but in terms of the new game development, it seems they haven't had um, you know as much success as as as, uh, as I'm sure they they hope for. Um, and in terms of the new game, Jabot mentioned Cityville and Farmville, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, and we've talked uh, you know on previous podcasts about that to some degree. But it, it was interesting that uh, they also announced Puzzle Combat from the Small Giant team, which sounds like it's just just from the title like like a empire and puzzle reskin so it'll be interesting to see how they do against those uh, new new games uh, one other interesting bit from the earnings call was the comment from Mark Pincus about 5g and so you know previously Frank Jubot uh, was very optimistic he talked a lot about 5g uh, Pincus was saying that it will be the source of quote you know it, that 5g will be profound for growth. And um, I, I personally, as we, we as we talked about on previous podcasts, I'd probably take the other side of that bet, but would, would love to be wrong about that. Um, definitely hope that 5G does allow the ability to have new types of games and things of that nature, but, um, you know, just kind of skeptical. Um, another uh, interesting tidbit from the earnings call was uh, somebody asked if we were to strip out a- acquisitions, um, what would organic organic bookings growth look like. And Frank mentioned it's, it's on the way up in single digits, which to me implies that, you know, in terms of, to your point, growing their, their core portfolio, it's not, not great, but, but certainly could be worse. And then 
I just have an open question for, for you guys. So, so Zynga is, is going through with the sale leaseback for, for their building. Uh, you know, they've been fairly, you know, very successful uh, from an M&A perspective. So it sounds like they're trying to buy uh, another company. Do you guys have any speculation or ideas of who that company is? Well, I mean, they're definitely going to sell the building, it seems. Well, and they'll have another cash. Years, another... But it does seem like it's finally imminent. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's imminent, but they will have then have some money to uh, do another big acquisition, uh, put them in a position. However, I think you have Playrix written down here. I think Playrix is wanting billions, so I don't know if Playrix is in their wheelhouse. Yeah, I was going to mention that there was like I, I heard what what I thought was a crazy rumor that Zing is trying to make a play for Playrix, but then I heard it from a second source, so I'm not sure how crazy that is. But yeah, from a just looking at price tag to market cap makes zero sense. But yeah. um, then I also thought that Zynga might be the the guys who are trying to take out Fox next. But you know, we could talk about that later. But now I don't think so. Uh, I, I I think that's probably EA now. But uh, we we can talk about that. Be, when we be really about interesting. It. I mean, I saw a Bloomberg article recently. It said they did one point two billion in revenue. So my guess is they'd be too big for Zynga. I mean, that's almost the same size Zynga. Right. Um, yeah, Playrix is interesting right, in the right. sense that they were actually one of the two companies that Glue, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but Glue called out as spending aggressively on user acquisition. Uh, they have a game. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think they they called out who they were, but they said two casual, aggressive, casual uh, developers. But yeah, Playrix yeah. was definitely one of them. And so they have a game that competes pretty closely with Design Home. So if, if Zynga was able to make an acquisition for uh, for Polaris, that would certainly be interesting vis-a-vis uh, -vis them competing with with Glue and that kind of lifestyle um, game genre. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, play, we're talking about, you know, at a billion dollars in revenue, let's see, assume that's true. If you're doing a multiple of like three times, right, which is kind of where these things are going, if not more, particularly how profitable likely Polaris is, you know, that's like a three and a half billion dollar acquisition. Well, maybe, not you know, get that done. <laughs> no, <laughs> and and it would be you know hugely dilutive to the ownership of of Zynga, and it's it's that's a that's a big one. That's a, a big deal, good deal. Actually, I think I I'm hundred percent supportive of it. By the way, I think that's a great acquisition for them because then they get involved in the puzzle space, but um, in the puzzle you know, genre, but uh, just seems too big. Um, but. One thing I'm interested in asking you guys before we kind of move on, are multiples in the private space catching up with multiples in the public space? I think for a long time, you know, Zynga has been able to do this kind of multiple arbitrage where they buy these companies at cheaper multiples and kind of just plug them into their sort of live ops operation and, and, and you know, see, see good growth from that. Is that something that, you know, is, is in the later innings? Huh. Well, in my view, there is just not many profitable mobile game companies out there, right? Um, and they're just getting all uh, purchased for relatively big multiples, in my view, anyway, or pretty expensive acquisitions in general. Um, and so I don't really understand their, their question per se is that that it, this is all happening, right? Because Zynga, I'm sorry, the, their acquisitions are driving all their multiple, uh, all their, all their uh, earnings growth, mm -hmm. right? you know, primarily. And so ultimately these are accretive transa transactions that they're doing, even at these high price tags. So it's, it's, it's all good for, yeah. for, uh, for, I at guess least for I mean, Zynga. So they were able to um, buy Graham for, I think less than two and a half times uh, forward revenue. And, 
you know, Empires and Puzzles was a little, sorry, Small Giant was a little higher. Although now that the growth has accelerated, it's probably in that range as well. Whereas Zynga trades, I think, a little above that in the in the public market. So I wasn't sure if maybe you had some sense of how how the private multiples were looking. But. No, I mean, I, I think that that's a reasonable subject. I, what I'll, all I'm saying is that there's, there's not that's many fair. companies out there that have that, right? So for instance, like when you look at Marvel Strike Force, right? They have that one team in LA that's basically doing Marvel Strike Force. That team is super valuable and could plug in and be very profitable, similar to what Kabam did when they sold, um, you know, the Vancouver team, right? And split it all up. But then if you take the entire Fox Next group, that's likely not as profitable and not as interesting. So when you look at what Playrix or you look at uh, Small Giant and Graham, these guys were really small teams that were driving a ton of revenue, right? That's uh, you know, Those are super um, interesting and, and, and valuable assets to own. So anyway, moving on. Activision. Yeah, right. So Activision Blizzard looks to esports, mobile, free-to-play during company transition. So... Uh, just in terms of an, an overview, so Activision Blizzard stock dropped as much as 6.1% the day after its first quarter earnings release, reported revenue of $1.84 billion, beat their earnings guidance of $1.7 billion, but came in below uh, their, their uh, first quarter for t- 2018 of $1.97 billion. Um, in terms of market cap, they're sitting at $35.7 billion with a PE ratio around 20 and a half. Uh, Earnings were viewed as a disappointment combined with drops in MAUs for many of its games. Um, Last quarter results were also weak because they failed to deliver new content for Overwatch and Fortnite is eating share from Activision, at least from the perspective of the author. Um, In terms of the future outlook, what was mentioned by management on the earnings call is that 2019 is year of transition. Um, they are going to be backing pre-existing titles while also entertaining a pivot to free-to-play and battle royale style games. So Call of Duty Mobile is set to debut later this year. It will be free-to-play. Uh, also rumors of a next-gen console version of Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which will also have a battle royale mode. Um, Activision also cited Call of Duty, Candy Crush, and Overwatch as its principal revenue generators during Q1. And uh, they mentioned uh, those games will continue to reinvest will will continue to receive investment, and the company will refocus on core franchises. Um, another future investment is Call of Duty esports franchise, which they hope can emulate the the success of Overwatch League. And uh, Bobby Kotick also mentioned that they're investing heavily in mobile gaming, but that these. Uh, quote, will take time before they hit the market. So sounds like they probably have a lot of stuff in the pipeline, but not anything coming out soon. In terms of an update on esports, uh, they mentioned that NewZoo estimates 82% of revenue for esports comes from brand investment and Overwatch League just you know signed a, a, a pretty big brand deal. Also, Overwatch League received 13 million global viewers during its opening week when it opened its second season in February. Uh, Activision management said total viewership hours of Overwatch League were up more than 30% during Q1. However, um, and one of the analysts uh, found that stat troubling because Activision added eight more teams, meaning viewership per minute was down. 
And it seems in general that uh, analysts' reactions seem mixed. And uh, Jeff, I, I saw some of your your questions as, as well when I was reading through the notes. Or actually, sorry, that was for for Glue. But um, the the uh, analyst reactions were mixed. So there was a Jeffries analyst, Tim O'Shea, who said everything at Activision seems to be working except Blizzard, which won't launch a major new game until 2020. But with the biggest content pipeline in company history, the lack of new games looks like a short-term problem. So kind of positive outlook, and he has Activision as a top pick. And on the other side, uh, Bernstein analyst Todd, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, Juunger, called the company's earnings report very alarming. The truly alarming news is the ubiquitous, often sharp declines in monthly active users and revenue metrics across every franchise, excluding King. Juunger said. So um, just to give more color on, on, on the Mao issue, so Blizzard's Mao hit its lowest level since the first quarter of 2016. Um, you know, Overwatch faces increased competition from EA's Apex Legends. And so Activision's uh, MAU or monthly active users fell from 53 million in the fourth quarter of 2018 to 41 million in the first quarter of this year. Blizzard's Mao declined 3 million to 32 million, and the only gainer was King, which which increased Mao from 268 million to 272 million. So we've got very mixed views from analysts. And so I'll I'll actually take it over to to you guys, Eric and Jeff. What do you guys think? Is Activision in good shape? Are they a top pick as per the Jeffries analyst? So before Eric gives gives maybe the more negative view, I'll jump in and give. (laughs) The, the more <laughs> bullish view, I guess. So, so I would say the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I think you know they did a good job on the the quarter previous to this, framing 2019 as a transition year. And I think they know that they need to invest in in some of their franchises because they are getting a little long in the tooth. That's no no secret to anyone. So they said they're increasing development resources at uh, Overwatch, at World of Warcraft, at Candy, uh, Call of Duty, and Diablo. Um, so I think. You know, while 2019 is a transition year and there's really nothing coming out of Blizzard and, you know, also this quarter they faced pretty stiff competition with Apex coming out, uh, you know, that that pretty pretty clearly targeted to kind of the, the guys who were playing Call of Duty Blackout and Overwatch. So with that in context, I think they put up a fairly decent quarter. Um, and, and long term, I think there's a lot to like about the company, the way they're positioned for esports, the way they're positioned with some of their mobile uh, initiatives heading into Asia. Um you know, right now it's tough to point to a ton of hard catalysts over call it the next six months, but you you really can never count out Bobby Kotick and what he's able to do with potential M&A or, or just kind of pulling a rabbit out of the hat. So long term, definitely like it uh, right here, right now. It's probably of the three, you know, my, my least favorite, but but have an overweight rating on the stock. Oh, you you do have an overweight on the stock? Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about the stock price because at the end of the day, I think the bullishness that Jeffrey's guy and and kind of your uh, optimism about the future is is likely going to prevail out there because I do think people have a lot of faith in Bobby. But but I'm, I, I look at it from a different perspective, you know, from the fundamental perspective. I think these guys are in real trouble right now, like like real trouble, because first of all, if you look at Call of Duty, Call of Duty just got its butt kicked by Apex, right? So they are driving no revenue. And they actually admitted that in the call. Like this call was actually super, I thought was really, really negative. Like really, I've never heard Activision kind of 
express all these their concerns so um so uh succinctly you know so they basically said that call of duty is not doing well both from a catalog perspective it's basically flat on on the package good side but but the 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 um the mtx stuff is is terrible right and part of that primarily is the apex you know kind of taking all their users away right and so my my fundamental concern. So they basically have three businesses. They basically say Activision proper, Blizzard, and 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 King, right? And I will acknowledge that King looks fine. Like they are going to grow at their little meager five to six percent, very profitably. They're good, right? Um, but Activision proper, if call, all they have is Call of Duty, and I think that the audience is kind of moving on to some degree, particularly the uh, the competitive uh, PvP guys are much happier playing Apex and or. Uh, to a lesser degree, Fortnite, and that's a that's a real challenge for them, right? And they have the B team working on this next game. And even though I have heard very good things from the channel on the, the Call of Duty game that's coming out this year, I think it's going to be a real challenge for them to get even down ten to fifteen percent, which is what they're I think they're expecting in in this year. So, and then on top of that, converting players away from things like Apex, these free to play games that are that are actually more compelling, so and and better made you know, uh, shooters like, uh, PVP shooters. Right. So in essence, the other problem with Activision has is they really have no other teams now to make new games. Right. So when they got rid of destiny, they actually, two teams were helping destiny, uh, with development. So those teams are freed up now. So, but those, it's going to take years before they can actually build a game that they can bring to market. So that ha- that is in the pipeline too, long term. But th- there's a lot of risk with that because these teams haven't been making games; they've just been supporting De- Destiny for for years, right? Um, so that's kind of Activision Vision proper's business. I think there's just a lot of risk with how this kind of uh, goes on because, again, Black Ops had like nine million MAUs, you know, in for Black Ops Three. I think there was nine million a- MAUs four years after release. They're not getting that kind of traction and that kind of like uh, sustained audience with with Call of Duty right now. And so it's under fire. That's kind of what I'll say with that. Now, Blizzard, Blizzard is a mess, right? I I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just completely interpreting this wrong. But when Jay gets up there and says, oh, we got a ton of teams, we got, you know, six or seven or eight teams looking, make, building all this kind of product and, and, and we have all these things in, in works. I'm like, dude, that doesn't sound like Blizzard at all. You know, Blizzard has been very succinct. They have really small teams of like four or five teams that are working on StarCraft, World, World of Warcraft, uh, you know, uh, Hearthstone, etc. When you're when they're saying they have like all these, you know, what was all these things in the fire? I mean, that scares the bejesus out of me because that is not the way Blizzard operates, right? Blizzard is all about the mass big games, you know, Diablo, which took like ten years to develop, develop, and StarCraft, same thing, right? So it's like when they start saying they have all these teams, that means they're they're working hard but hardly working you know like it's 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 a real scary for me to hear all this stuff you know i you know what what i will say is that they they will have a lot to talk about in october at blizzcon so you know they will be able to say that they're working on a diablo they will say that they're maybe we're they probably won't announce this but they're working on a sequel for uh overwatch but um my concern my my general concern though is that is that None of these games are ever coming to market. And every time I hear or talk to people that are familiar with Blizzard, they're like, they're running around like their heads are cut off, but there's no games that are actually going to be here anytime soon. Like everything is getting delayed because they have no focus, right? And you're, and, and, and fundamentally, you're, when you're asking all these amazingly creative teams to just keep 
building, 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 and release, release, release. This is not the way Blizzard operates, and it's it, it's going to be po- almost impossible for them to execute against this type of uh, of, of um, skew plan. And so, anyway, for me, I think Activision is not a top pick. I think Activision is likely dead money for a while, and I I, I don't think that Bobby. I I do think Bobby will likely have to do an acquisition to kind of pull themselves out of this. I don't know exactly what that would be because there's not much out there that would move the needle for them. But um, I I just think for the next couple of years, they're going to be in in, 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 Eric, can I ask you a question? So the one thing you didn't bring up that's pretty central to the story right now is mobile or maybe it got brought up in in the sense of but like they're bringing all these franchises to mobile and it's a little bit unproven, but I think they're, you know, they were conservative in their guidance in the sense that they didn't put anything in there for Call of Duty Mobile, even though I, you know, I've heard that's getting, you know, a lot of a lot of strong like pre-registrations in China. Uh, Diablo Immortal, despite being like the most disastrous PR blunder uh, for them, has a lot of expectation at least in China and potentially even here. And then I've heard stuff about a World of Warcraft, uh, Pokemon Go style game. Uh, maybe even an Overwatch mobile game. So, like, may, could you talk about like how excited we should be for that? I know it's a little unproven bring core IP to mobile, but that is a big point. So. I mean, I, I, I would I would just reference EA, right? When you talk about uh, mobile, just in general. So, EA has been working on mobile since the dawn of freaking time, right? Like, they were literally the first ones to acquire Jamdat and and go through all this pain and agony of bringing their franchises to mobile. And it took them over a decade to get mobile right, right? And 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 even now, they haven't been doing a good job, really, of, of monetizing all their franchises on mobile extremely well, right? That That is really one huge negative in, in EA's business. Because mobile is really freaking hard. You know, it's not easy to, to bring your IP to mobile, right? So I think what's really smart that they're doing at Blizzard is they're letting NetEase basically develop this, this Diablo game, right? Which... Nettie's knows exactly yeah, what to the, do. So I'm bullish on that being game. Developed right? by Tencent but, as well. So right, but uh, but and, and these, but the, but their revenue share on these games is going to be mice nuts, before. right? I mean, it's, it's going to be you know fifteen twenty percent, right? Yeah. Oh, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't. That doesn't really move the needle for them, and that certainly doesn't build their expertise on how to build mobile games, you know. And so when you when this is the way I envision what's going on at Blizzard right now with these mobile games is that Blizzard is basically saying, hey, we're prototyping all this stuff. Look at what StarCraft looks like on mobile. Looks what look, World of Warcraft looks like on mobile. And they're setting that up to management, to Bobby, and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing, right? This is going to be the most, you know, the best game ever on mobile. We're going to have a top 10 game, you know. But meanwhile, there's no game game, right? It's just basically a prototype. It's a, a vertical slice of gameplay, but that doesn't make a mobile game successful. It's like so complicated to get the monetization right, to get all these, you know, to build a complete experience, you know, the core loop, the, you know, elder game, et cetera, et cetera, all the stuff that does mobile. And they have no idea what they're doing, you know? <laughs> I mean, they don't, right? They just have never made a mobile game. And I have friends that are all getting hired in there, you know, trying to trying to build it up. And I think people in, in the, I think that people are just, getting are, are getting frustrated and, and don't it's just not within their creative wheelhouse at blizzard as a whole to build games that could be successful at mobile similar to what's going on at nintendo right um you know they're just too much creative integrity within that organization to make the games that are you know get make mobile free-to-play games and 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 you know the, that were that make money right um 
And I think that's a big rift between Netties and and Blizzard in terms of that game design because it's just you know insanely you know uh, monetization centric, right? And that's just not the way Blizzard rolls, you know. So anyway, I, I think the mobile is an opportunity for them, but I just think that it's going to take a lot longer, and they're going to have some fits and starts, and you know they're not going to be very successful initially, and then they'll build it from there, you know, because. Everyone says, oh, well, they did so well with Hearthstone. Right, of course. But that was a PC game that kind of ported to mobile, right? It wasn't like they were developing it specifically. I mean, and without the PC version, you throw that game out there. I don't think it's going to do that well on mobile, right? Um, so, but but whatever. Anyway, we'll see. I, I'm just very dubious on what they're trying to do with Blizzard. And I'm, I'm, I'm really scared as a long-term Blizzard fan of what that It's interesting. Thing yeah, it's definitely become. part of the bull, a big part of the bull case that a lot of people are talking about. Oh, this is my favorite. In March, it takes them a while to. Wait, yeah. is someone talking? <laughs> hmm. Wow, I just heard like some kind of echo. Okay, glue. All right, now I've got to go on another rant here. Okay, for the record, I have been eating crow on this call for the past few months. I have been. When the stock was at nine, I was like saying they are doomed this year. And the stock rose up to 11 and I was eating dirt. Okay. Finally, I feel vindicated. The stock was down like 18%. I think it's down like 25% from its peak. Um, And I'm so freaking happy because this company is freaking garbage, right? They they have nothing, right? (laughs) And and so basically the call was... uh, I think that basically their earnings call was kind of like, you know, the wheels were falling off, but it was like only one or two wheels now. But like the the next next stage, the other two wheels are going to fall off because basically what happened is they 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 guided down for Q2, which, which is what I kind of expected, because the core franchises that, that have been driving their growth um, are basically flatlining. Right. So design home um, and covet fashion. And they made some bullshit thing about, oh, CPI costs were getting out of control because someone was spending tons of money. It's total nonsense. Come on, let's be real, okay? Like, it, they just are getting to the end of this, the life of this game in which they can actually attract customers that are <laughs> going to spend money and grow this franchise, you know? It's just, it's over, right? You know, like, and then on top of that, they basically were saying that they were going to do this elder game loop that was going to bring in new revenue from the existing user base. It just didn't happen, right? And so without that growth, they have nothing to, uh, to, to, um, to continue their growth. So they're basically anniversarying the uh, acquisition of Design Home in Q2. And so they guide it down because they have nothing else. They have all this time is nothing is, is working. So, and then also they basically said, they kind of admitted that they can't grow uh, the baseball game anymore. Um, which I was a little bit shocked that they would say that, something that like that. The they basically have attracted that, all they, the users. They've now, said they I, kind of found the audience for that game um, in the past. Like they've kind of maxed out, but they're still growing in monetization. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they are improving monetization, but overall, um, because of declines on users, the revenue is likely going to be flattish. I think for the for the year, but we'll see if that actually picks up. But so those are the two main things that they have: tap sports. And design home, and both are not necessarily are not going to be growth engines going forward, which is exactly what I've been saying for the last like six months, right? And then meanwhile, they have all these release dates that were confirmed for the next three games, right? 
which is really weird in mobile, by the way, to do that, right? You don't, you don't like anchor it in, in certain days because things go wrong, you know, you know, betas are, are different. You're optimizing all this other stuff and competitive stuff. Anyway, it was really weird that they did that. They may be trying to push these studios to get their games done. I don't know what's going on. But my, my, my fundamental problem with this thing is that the betas look terrible. Like all the RPIs are really, really low, right? And I just don't think you, you know, you can, um, like WWE is the first game coming out in May and they basically said on the call that, oh, monetization has improved so dramatically. I'm like, no, it hasn't. I mean, it looks, it looks terrible. Like it's like 0.3, you know, 30 cents, you know, per install or something like that. And it's, it's just, they just have, um unrealistic expectations you can't possibly spend profitably against acquisition if games are making between 30 and 50 cents in the first 30 days right that's just just not smart right and the other huge problem that they have that may, they may not even be aware is this app store collision thing which i'm using joseph's term because i really like that one um is that with wwde and disney in particular like there are so much challenges of getting any type of traction within the stores because there's a gazillion games with wwe is the first three letters and disney is the first three is the first word right and so you have a huge disadvantage as a new game because the older games take precedent when you do these searches and you have to spend a hefty amount of money on ua in order to get uh get the exposure and, and get the uh uh Get, get your get the your title in the in the search uh, of the in the first sorry in the first line of the search right so I think there's two things that are going to happen two things that will likely happen one they miss revenue completely and then they realize that these games are garbage and that they and they basically pull the plug on these games and the stock gets destroyed or they put put push unprofitable UA to juice revenue to hit revenue targets but they become way below profit expectations and I think Wall Street will also punishment punish them for that. Um, and I think it'll be very obvious after the first two releases that they're in trouble and, uh, and that, uh, that's, you know, that's, and Disney is when the, everything falls, you know, the wheel final wheel falls off of the story and the stock will be down to four, our four to $5 price target. Thank you very much. What do you think, Jerry? <laughs> yeah. So just to be clear, I was, uh, with you on that glue call when we, when we predicted by the end of the year, um, the, the stock price would, would fall to that level. I, I think what, um, you know, what, what we missed was just the continuing, you know, uh, fruits and rewards from that Crowdstar acquisition. And so, you know, interesting note was just that design home cover fashion and tap sports baseball collectively grew 30% year over year to contribute 78% of total bookings, um, which is up from 64% a year ago. And so that, I, I think that's really, you know, just, just to capture what, what's been driving the growth for Glue. It's, it's basically, you know, uh, the, those three titles and especially the, the, the Crowdstar acquisitions. And so, you know, kind of, uh, we, you know, I, I, I think that was the, um, it, it, the, the whole feature, I think, rests upon what, what, what happens with, with those titles, uh, especially if you're right in terms of the, the new titles in soft launch, which I agree with you, at least from a you know publicly available data RP perspective, seem pretty weak on the monetization side. Um, one other potential red flag, um, and we, we've kind of touched upon this a bit before, is that Glue mentioned on that earning earning call that um, in early February uh, they didn't mention who, but they said two casual game publishers drove up CPI costs for their female focused games. And that this negatively impacted Design Home, Covet, and Kim Kardashian. And so, you know, uh, 
if that continues to happen, and, and certainly if, if Design Home and Covet aren't able to, uh, you know, do UA profitably, that, that you know, Glue will definitely be in trouble. And I, I do think that um, we will get to our four to five dollar target for the company. Um, but uh, if that doesn't happen, if if UA does turn profitable, if they're able to continue to grow those uh, core franchises, then then I, I I think Glue will will be in good shape. So I think everything really. In my opinion, um, keys in on that, and uh, just talking to sort of my, you know, sort of dark net network, um, I was able to find out who the two uh, the, the the two publishers were that drove up CPI costs, uh, and that that's Play Playrix and uh, Firecraft Studios, the guys behind Matchington Mansion, um, and you know those they're not direct competitors, but, but clearly have the same, uh, sort of older female audience. And so, um, you know, definitely think that that's, that, that's been, uh, that the impact there, uh, as far as the new games, it's, it's hard for me to tell. So I, you know, I haven't actually played the, the games that they have in soft launch. I have watched the YouTube videos, um, not super impressed by what I saw, but, um, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that they will completely fail. Uh, however, you know, when Nick Earl talked about the games, he said he was happy about the game's engagement and retention, but that's all he mentioned. And so, uh, you know, uh, Eric, to your point earlier about monetization and what we're seeing in terms of like the app Banny RP numbers, it definitely What do you guys know about Firecraft? Because so it's actually interesting. Uh, if you Jeff, go to their website, the, the address that they give links to like a random coffee shop in, in a seedy neighborhood in San Francisco. So I, I've heard it's a Chinese shell company, but yeah, that's, that's a, I don't know what to make of that. But so I actually, well, yeah, they, they, so I know a lot about them. I actually found out almost everything about those guys, but they do want to keep themselves secret. So I, I won't reveal too, too much, but yeah, they're, they're a Beijing based company. They're up to about 500 people right now. Uh, you know, they've had, um, you know, they, the rumor is that they have, um, you know, a, a commercial deal with AppLovin and they, they may actually be acquired by AppLovin. This, that's all rumor and speculation. So just, just to be clear. Um, uh, well, I, I know a lot more about them. I'll probably just leave it at that. But yeah, they're, they're, they're killing it right now to the point where, you know, I, I think Playrix is really, uh, I mean, obviously Playrix is now copying their creative. They're watching them very closely. Um, it does make sense that they're, they're you know, they, they kind of got into this, uh, this pissing match uh, over UA to try and like out, uh, you know, yeah. out market each other. I guess I'll, um, I'll give so, the, so that, the bull that, case that to does, you does guys, uh, pretty well articulated bear case. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm overweight the glue stock, so I feel obligated to at least rebut some of what you guys are saying. So I think, uh, you know, first I think management and, and the stock is being unfairly yeah, punished to some extent. Sure. Uh, for making the the choice not to spend on profitably on, on UA, you know we have to take them at their word that that that's what they're seeing is this this sort of attack, if you will, from these two private companies. Um, you know, I know in the mobile industry, this has always been a recurring problem where you see companies start to spend you know boatloads on UA, and then the whole space becomes unprofitable. So I think you know it's a little unfair that they seem to be making the right choice for shareholders and getting getting punished as a result. Um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, they, they did say on the call the last seven days, they, they think they've seen the UA issues start to subside and, and normalize, uh, CPI start to normalize. So, you know, in my view, they, they, they made the, took the prudent approach of taking down guidance um, and kind of taking the bath. But, you know, there's a good chance that these games are going to reaccelerate in the back half. Um, 
also about design home meta, uh, the the meta game features that they added. I think Eric, you mentioned that they they didn't lead to sort of the burst in monetization, and I think maybe that that's by design. I think the 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 feet the meta game features are more designed to elongate the amount of time people play, so effectively a retention tool rather than an increased monetization tool. So maybe that was a little bit of the street or or us just misunderstanding exactly what those features would do. Uh, but they're definitely positive with the results on them. Uh, they, they, you know, they've seen them, they're, they're increasing lifetime values, basically. And then on, on some of the new games, first, I guess, on, on WWE, that was one that, you know, they were on their fourth iteration. Um, and quite frankly, most investors that we talked to had expected them to just scrap the game altogether. So the fact that that's even coming out of soft launch um, is a positive surprise out of the quarter. Now we'll see, um, you know, some of the metrics you brought up are certainly troubling, I guess we'll see in a couple of weeks how that game how that game looks when it comes out. Um, and then the other thing to keep in mind, you know, we're still positive on Disney. That's still early, early in soft launch. And they sounded very upbeat about it on the call, um, albeit, you know, taking into account what you said, a lot of the publicly available data isn't isn't great yet. Um, but, you know, I guess that's the nature of soft launch where you iterate on these things and then, you know, eventually get to a point where you're ready, ready to launch it. Um, and then finally, you know, they have three games coming in 2020, two of which, you know, are very exciting. First, Deer Hunter, that's an IP that's done really well for them, downloads like crazy, and they're making some changes to that, that kind of core loop to add some metagame features that they're excited about. And then the game from Crowdstar, um, you know, it's going to be another lifestyle game. So that has the, ch- the potential, you know, if we see Covet Fashion and Design Home start to slow, you know, they could they could launch that game and maybe either grow through cannibalization or, you know, get a, get some users that that they've lost maybe to come back into that so that's the that's the bull case there you know i think the stock's down too much uh still positive on the story (laughs) all right with all due respect when you're adding elder game features to a game you want to monetize your existing audience more and make them spend more i mean that's what clash of clans did that's what we did with our games, uh, the strategy games, et cetera. They're trying to grow revenue from well, the their existing user base because they can't value. acquire it profitably anymore. And right? spend more over time. And so, but I hear you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. anyway, I, I, we'll see. I mean, I think my biggest, my biggest concern about my take on this is that they'll be able to <clears throat> somehow rekindle um these core games but the problem is again they're anniversarying their biggest quarters for for design home over the next three quarters right so it's it's not easy comps right like q1 was an easy comp for them because they only had it for one or maybe two months or something at this time so so anyway i i'm dubious that they're gonna be able to do that i i will say that there's not a lot of competition yet which i'm a little bit surprised that someone's not trying to replicate this but um so they do have an open playing field they did create their own genre they're also doing the really e- good. They're adding e-commerce um, to design homes the other as well thing. as internationalizing um, it so they, they do have some yeah, bullets do- left in the chamber as well in that game i think yeah oh i i would not expect anything imminent from um the design Crowdstar guys in terms That's of fair. games. They did say that I was pretty early they have. development. Maybe it's a back I, I think they're just getting started. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you think, JK? 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have anything too much more to add on that. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, I, I think I think everything is, is really going to uh, drive off of the the crowd start. Cool. So I'll give a quick recap of the quarter. I mean, it was it was a very strong quarter. Um, beat up yeah, the top and bottom line, driven not surprisingly by Apex Legends. The company also gave guidance for fiscal twenty that was ahead of what ex- investors were looking for. You know, most of the people we talked to were looking for about four and a quarter. Uh, on the EPS line, they, they got into 440. Um, you know, I also think management did a really good job of kind of threading the needle with guidance in the sense of they gave a guide that was strong enough to get investors excited, but also left themselves uh, some room for upside. So they guided to six to eight million units of Star Wars. You know, I think the excitement around that game has been pretty positive. The fact that there's no microtransactions and single player story coming from Respawn. I think there's a good chance that game could do double digits. And then on Apex, they got it to three to 400 million in revenue, which is probably about where people were expecting. Um, but, you know, if they have a robust season two battle pass, which we're expecting they will, um, you know, I think that number could be conservative. It also doesn't include any revenue from China, any revenue from mobile, which brings me to, you know, segues me to my next point. Um, curious to hear your guys' opinion. They said on the call, the quote was, we are in advanced negotiations to bring Apex Legends to China and to mobile. So now that second part, do you think that means that they're going to have an external developer build Apex for mobile? I would, I'll just jump in here. I I don't, yeah, I would guess almost, actually, I'm almost certain that they're not going to make the mobile version. I don't think they have the team or the desire to put a team together to build a mobile game. So yeah, they probably have an external developer for, for Apex, for for mobile. What do you think, JK? Uh, I don't, I don't have any thoughts in terms of the external developer, Okay, but uh, just, just in terms of my take, you know, I, I thought there were some pretty interesting, just kind of tidbits from that EA call. Um, so one was the comment from Andrew Wilson, where he says, quote, with the growth of Apex Legends, the team at Respawn is fully focused on live service with the cadence of big new seasonal content launches and continual updates and, and adjustments to the experience throughout the year. So as per our lot, last po- podcast, um, apparently he didn't get the, the Vince memo that uh, you know the Respawn team is just going to do what they do. But I, I thought I thought that was pretty interesting. Um. You know, also EA access to PS4. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and Jeff, yeah, I, I also think that the, um, the the 300 to 400 million guidance might might be low, especially based on the the, the Chinese uh, market deal. I think that could be huge for them. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's definitely very uh, very conservative. And then one of the weird parts was that, that uh, you know, Andrew Wilson mentioned that they will continue to invest heavily in Anthem with, uh, looks like a like lot, lot of stuff coming that. out. So, um, but, so, th- so th- I mean, so there has been some story, you know, there's um, been some chatter on Twitter and stuff that I've seen. A lot of these <laughs> lead developers, I think, for Anthem have moved on now back to, to Dragon Age and other things. Not saying they're abandoning Anthem, but it's not surprising that that's what they would say on the call. They kind of almost have to. Right. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then just, uh, you know, the heads up in terms of the fiscal year 2020 slate, but it looks like they will launch a sports game, a racing game, an action title, and another FPS game. Uh, 
And then the, the last thing, the, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was just pure speculation. Now, we, we had mentioned a little bit about what, what is EA's mobile strategy moving forward. And this is pure speculation on my part, but I think that they've bought or will be buying uh, Fox Next. You know, I, I think previously I had speculated maybe it might be Zynga, but um, the tip off it, it, for me is actually just the hiring of, um, you know, and I, I know Eric, we, we spoke about this um, a while back, but the, the Jeff Howell hire from Kabam, right? Uh, it seems like that's kind of setting them up for, for that, but um, that, that's pure <laughs> Well, no, no, but, but Jeff, Jeff worked in the Vancouver Right, he was one of the head guys for Marvel Concepts of Champions. I don't think he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's familiar. With, yeah, and a lot of that tech went into his. Right, right, right. So yeah, t- totally. He's, he's familiar with the tech, but not necessarily the team down there. But we, okay. I think, I think you're right, though. I think out of all the companies out there, I think uh, it would be a good fit with EA. Um, but uh, I just don't think I've said this a million times. I, I, I honestly just don't think he, the CEO, um, think cares about mobile. So I don't know if they're going to be doing big acquisitions for that, but I don't think Fox next will be that big of an acquisition, frankly. So anyway, I don't know. We'll see. Um, for my, for my take on this, uh, I think it was a really solid report from EA. Um, you know, the, they saw some strength from their sports games in Q1 as well as apex. Uh, and, uh, you know, the outlook for the full year was, I think you articulated very well. It was like basically aggressive, but beatable type type thing and that's that's really good for the longer term story for ea this year um i do think they're a little bit conservative on the guidance for star wars i think that'll do better um and i and and i agree with you that the apex guidance if it incorporated china is gonna be far more probably you know more in the 500 million dollar range uh overall um and they also gave reasonable guidance for sports that it's going to be down again uh from 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 last year which i think is is a good conservative way of looking at it um, and then the, the worst part about the whole call actually was their mobile. So they basically expect mobile to be down another 15% year over year this year because they have um, delaying their releases till the end of the year. Um, and again, I think they should do acquisitions. They should try to bolster this because the irony here is that in the in their report, they say mobile as an overall market will be up 12% this year and consoles will be up only 4% this year. <laughs> and then they're down 15% on mobile, right? So it's like they're kind of... I, you know, they should be making more investment here, but they're not. And, and I don't see any evidence that they're actually going to do that. Um, and I, I, I honestly, again, I don't think Andrew gives a shit about mobile is the, is the fundamental problem. So hopefully I think they correct this and, and, and get more aggressive, but we'll see. Maybe it's when Andrew leaves. I don't know. Um, so I still am very bullish on EA. I think they have um, a great lineup for the next two years to weather through this transition to new hardware. Um, they del- likely will have Titanfall and Battlefield um, next year. And, uh, I think that sets them up really well through the transition. Now, of course there are risks, right? You know, I think some of the core studio org at EA for games in particular are, are kind of in shambles, you know, dice is getting picked apart by Soderlin, um, in, in, in Sweden and, um, who's kind of pushed out. So he kind of has an ax to grind, uh, Bioware is really get challenged now because they've had, had two real kind of bombs of games in a row. Um, I think the future of the studio is probably at risk. Um, they announced a new Dragon Age, but I think the, the rumors or the speculation was that, that it was just way too early to announce it um, because it's, it's not even close to being ready. Uh, so I think there is some risk in terms of, of that uh, Bioware getting a little bit um, hurt, you know, ultimately. Um, 
And I, I don't even know if they have any other studios actively working on stuff. Uh, if, if any of you guys know Toronto, Montreal, I mean, I don't think so. I think I think they basically are, are, are back down to the teams that they have. So, and in essence, I think the thing, same thing I made point I've made before is that the irony behind all of this is that the reason that they're in such a great position for the next two years is primarily because it's acquisition of Respawn. And this was not a strategic decision made by Andrew necessarily. It was basically a reaction to the fact that they were getting a bid from um, a Chinese company. And so rather than risking them not having Respawn to develop their Star Wars games, uh, they basically acquired them for quite a hefty sum. But now they're Respawn is basically saving their butts, right? Saving Andrew's butt by by releasing two major, three major games in the in the next you know eighteen months. So, um, so I you know I think that's it's amazing. It's just so ironic in a lot of ways. Um, and I still think that that, that they're likely still grooming Laura uh, Mielli possibly for the new, the CEO role this year. Um, but but we'll see if that happens or not. So that's my uh, speculations. All right, guys, maybe one last question here before we close out the podcast. So of these companies that we've talked about today, Zynga, Activision, Blizzard, Glue, EA, who who winds up with the most growth take by two. the end of the year? We didn't discuss it. I think they're really well. It's my top pick yeah. right now. I think they're really well positioned uh, with Borderlands 3 coming, the Outer Worlds as well, and then um, – you know, some updates to Red Dead Online where I think people's expect investors' expectations have now finally right sized. I know Eric disagrees with me on this one, but take two. Are you kidding me? Dude, Red Dead is not gonna monetize. No way, dude. No way. They, they give guidance <laughs> next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's also one of my biggest negatives because I think they're going to guide below 350. And we have a bet um, for dinner at E3. If I'm right, the over-under is $3.50 guidance. So anyway, I, I think they are not going to do well this year. I think Borderlands looks like Borderlands. And um, I just <laughs> I just don't think it's going to be able to go beyond like the $8 million or so. Um, and actually, the more I hear about it and the more commentary from from the reveal, it's just getting more and more negative in my view. But um, but anyway, and then Red Dead is not going to monetize no matter what they do. It's just not the right kind of game. And I'm not going to re- rehash that whole thing. Uh, I My top pick, I think, is EA in the sense that, again, they are the only ones well positioned for, for this transition, I think, um, to new hardware. Um, and, and they should continue to grow both revenue and EPS um, through these next two years while uh, Activision is a bit challenged and certainly Glue is really challenged in my view. So that's my pick. How about you, Joseph? Uh, I, I think it's probably going to be EA. I think there's good news coming and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and just kind of looking at real-time, uh, real-time rumors, uh, looks like the word on the street uh, in terms of who Zynga is going to be acquiring is actually not Playrix, but, um, you know, definitely in that puzzle space. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, yeah, won't, I won't say who it is, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Leave us in suspense. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you guys uh, after we close out this podcast. But uh, anyway, 
Uh, all right. Well, with Thanks that, thank me. you very much, listeners, for, uh, for, for joining us today. And we will catch you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you.